In this episode, I talked to Dania Denise. She's got four things going on. Busy be y'all. One, she's a professional actress and model. Two, she's the founding member of an indie production company called Think Post Production. Three, she's the state director of California's Petite Pageant. And four, she's a freehand chalk artist. That's a lot. How does she juggle it all? I don't know. That's what we talk about in this episode. I'm your host of the Work Talk podcast, John. And this podcast is where I talk to people in the Bay Area about what they do for their jobs, their business, their personal projects. So enjoy, learn, be inspired. This is guest number 15, Dania Denise. Check it out. I have with me Dania Denise, the one and only. I was a little starstruck because I saw one of her commercials that she was part of a long time ago. So instantly I broke the, I broke the ice, mentioned the elephant in the room. But I'm happy to have you here, the hustler herself. Dania, if you could tell myself and the and, and the listeners about your work. Absolutely. First of all, thank you for reaching out and having me be a part of this. It's always super fun, just the whole podcast concept and connecting in this way and being able to kind of reach the masses is always super exciting. So first off, thank you. And Definitely. thanks to everyone who's watching this and who cares enough to like tune in. Thank you. Appreciate you. Um, in a nutshell, I'm a Jill of all trades. I know that you love that. Uh, term when we I talked do. about I like it, it. Email, and it just it just made sense you know um renaissance woman chameleon uh there's a couple more things hbic boss lady <laughs> uh, definitely an entre- entrepreneur at heart mm-hmm. so i'm just one of those people who does not do routine it bores me to tears and i'm so fortunate and blessed that i have many talents and so i just really try to utilize them in a professional way that can also, you know, help me adult and pay bills and things. Right. Uh, first and foremost, I'm an mo- actor and a model. Been doing it since I was in high school. Um, that was like 20 years. And I'm one of those women who just is never really going to shy away from saying how old I am. It's not that serious. Um, okay, unless good, for good. a role, I'll lie about my age for a role. Yeah, but, no. So she's, she's 55, everybody. She looks good for right. 55. You know, black don't crack. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. it's totally fine. A- Asian don't raisin, so, so it's all good. Yeah, see, I'm, and I'm half-half, so I got best of both worlds. So. And you're Filipino, oh, yeah. right? A shout out, yeah, I'm Filipino, too. Yes. Shout out. Shout What's out up? to the Panois Hey, everybody. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so the the entertainment industry has been a big part of my life since I was young. And then art was also always a big part of my life. As a little kid, I was always drawing. I loved comic books and, you know, all those things. Yeah, I, I didn't go to art school. It just wasn't something that the older that I got and I saw how much money was involved and that it's not necessarily at the time a really reliable career path depending on what I wanted to do so I I wanted to kind of keep my art organic and just okay. do it at home and on my own time so I did end up using it to my advantage and I was in corporate for two years with two different companies and it was during the great recession so I got laid off both times and I was just like man I really don't do well in cubicles anyway it's yeah. just not my environment and so, so at one thought, point oh, you're working a nine-to-five job I was absolutely because you know I was realistic going into the workforce. I went to SF State for radio TV, so I'm mm-hmm. trained as a broadcaster, like TV reporter and anchor. Right, same and here, SF State grad. Yeah, see, Gators. I mean, we're everywhere. What's up, <laughs> SFSU? So it was a great program. I loved my time at State, and unfortunately, it was one of those things where you go to school and you only know so much when you're in it, and then when you're in it, you learn more and you're going, man, if I'd known that in hindsight, you know, as far as the job prospects, it's very competitive. And so I got a job in corporate outside as soon as I graduated and, you know, okay, cool. I'm good with that. And then so I was doing the nine to five and I was sneaking out and getting long lunches to attend casting calls because mm. I knew early on that you can't just tell your boss, by the way, I'm an actor. So yeah. I'm going to go do that real quick. I understood the business world. Yeah, and it's not well. their it's not their business to know. That's really your own thing. Exactly. As long as and you're doing your job, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And it started to make me not be able to do much. <laughs> but, but but that's not why I got laid off. Nothing to do with that. Um, I did what I was supposed to do. I got promoted within my position at the time. But you know the the layoffs happened, and I w- it was a blessing in disguise because being unemployed during that time while I was able to build up my art business. I realized how much more freedom I had and that I wasn't stressed out trying to make it back in time to work from a casting. And I was not even doing well in the castings because I'm too busy thinking, what if someone notices I'm gone at my cubicle? 
it just wasn't a good way to be. Yeah. But I, I, I think that's yeah. interesting. You said how you got laid off. It was kind yeah. of a blessing in disguise. One of my past guests said the same thing, and I see articles like that. I'm not saying getting laid off is a good thing, but sometimes no, but there's a silver it lining. Have to be a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I I started my art business, and because I grew up doing art, everyone that knows me knows I'm an artist. So it mm-hmm. didn't take long for the word of mouth, and then learning how to market myself online. I yeah, got specifically chalk, right? Yeah, started getting clients for it. As soon as people and, knew I did chalk, it just, I don't even do any other type of art anymore. It's just the chalk art. That just sustains me. So listeners, check out the chalk chica on Instagram. I was like, this is, there's some stuff you did that yeah. I went to restaurants and I'm like, that's a pretty dope like menu made out of chalk. Mm-hmm. And I saw one of your, your Instagram posts. I'm like, ah, it's people like Dania that make stuff like that. Yeah, when they don't get there. Yeah, when they don't get lucky to have an employee that just has good handwriting, then they call in the big guns. So yeah. check out the Chalk Chica, guys. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. So you're doing, yeah, you're doing that. So after you got laid off, you went all in on the acting and the art. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I just kind of told myself, if I can stay afloat in the middle of a recession doing this, then I know that I have something really special. And that's pretty much in a nutshell what ended up happening. You know, I built up my client base and obviously I work well with people and customer service and I'm good at what I do and I know how to market myself. And so I've been able to maintain that. And then now I've just been a glutton for taking on more business mm-hmm. more activities and I just always want to be doing something different every day and that literally is the case every week never looks the same so yeah, that's um, cool oh by, by the way I think for the uh for the audio I think there might be something on the mic that grind that's like rubbing on it once in a while do you know what I'm talking about or no hmm. your side, anything no let's find out by lifting up my laptop hey listeners just letting you know uh you may have heard some things with the audio but dania got her apple ear pods on and I the got audio it yeah it sounds nicer but in the end as long as you're getting the information but yeah continue on with like your your, your kind of journey so now you you got laid off sucks but you found the silver <laughs> lining you started going all in with your art getting paid yeah. for that and acting so how does it eventually progress into where you are now with your other two projects which is state director for california uh, mm-hmm. petite pageant and founding member of Think Post Productions. Yeah, so when I realized what a gem that I had with the chalk art, I decided to go with that. So it was kind of like, okay, I need a vehicle of some kind where the money's going to be there and it'll be able to fund all my other passion projects, especially the acting and the modeling work and you know, being able to take time off to go to castings and because I have the flexibility now. And so the chalk art really afforded me that opportunity. And I literally, to this day, people always ask me, you know, did you see yourself doing chalk art? Did you know you were going to do it to this level? And the answer is no. I had no idea it was going to be as big as it is and that it continues to be. So I Would you say that the majority of your time is still the chalk art? It it was for a couple of years. This is probably the the first year where I've been putting it on the back burner on purpose. Oh, because you've got the other stuff going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of people from the outside looking in who aren't necessarily artists and don't come from that world, it's hard for them to understand, especially if they're from the business kind of corporate background where they're like, well, you're really good at it. Why don't you do it full time? And it's like, I did it full time and it's extremely physically demanding. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I worked 10, 12 hour days. I was working 70 hour days, seven days a week. It's you trading your time. It doesn't exactly. have like a lot of leverage to be scalable unless you exactly. hire new people or or right. or you take on a project where you get paid like a lot of like buku yeah. money. Those come few and far in between with certain contracts. And so I basically slaved away for about three years straight, just doing the chalk art, still doing acting and modeling, but nowhere near on the scale that I wanted yeah. to. And the acting was, is more like commercial gigs, right? Commercial okay. gigs, you know, quick, quick stuff that mm-hmm. I, you know, Warriors, I work with really all that stuff. great. Yeah, you know, those kind of things. <laughs> this is another day at the office, you know, in front of the camera with the warriors. Um, <laughs> I'm just shouting yeah, it out because it's relevant at this moment. Absolutely. Go Dubs. Um, 
I'm always available if you need me in another commercial. Ah, so, I like that plug. Nice. You're, that. Really a, you're a true marketer. You're a true business person. Thank you. You have to be. You have to be. Because no one else is doing it for me. You know, mm-hmm. um, I had an agent with acting and modeling ever since I was a kid. And then the last couple of years, I went without an agent simply because my schedule was not conducive to them saying jump and me say how high. Now it was like jump. Mm-hmm. And I was like, could I get back to you on that? Because I have this other stuff. So I made the business decision to be freelance, which I was already experienced doing fighting my own work. I've been working in this market long enough and I have the wonderful connections that, you know, I'm always getting submitted for stuff, even when I'm not the one submitting. I work with different casting agencies. Mm, you got some and, momentum going on. Yeah, you you, you so, know people, they've seen your work. So absolutely. you may not need an agent at this point. You can yeah. just do it all yourself. You got your brand right. kind of going on. Right. I yeah. mean, I, it would be great to have an agent again, but right now I'm doing okay. And so it's nice to not feel like, oh, I'm missing out necessarily or that I'm somehow hurting my career, at least not at this point in time. So I was, you know, deep in the chalk art and I was working with really great companies. I mean, I've been blessed to work with Google and um, The Gap and you just, I mean, that's cool. Those were your clients. I mean, these, you know, and, and a lot of times they bring me on for projects, you know, a couple of times throughout the year, I work with Salesforce often every year when Dreamforce happens, I know I'm going to get slammed with like projects. Yeah. So Dreamforce, that's the conference that Salesforce yeah. hosts, right? Every year. Yeah. Every year. And every year I already know, like those. It looks bomb, man. It looks like a party. I want to get in there. It's, it's, there's always so much going on. It's like Mardi Gras for sales tech nerds. It's crazy. <laughs> there's so much, there's just so much money you know, yeah, and so much is, innovation. Yeah. And that, I think that's really one of the things I love about being from the Bay area in general, yeah, you I know, think so too. we're literally the hub of innovation of mm-hmm. everything that people around the world are using on a daily basis. Like we're just a hop, skip and a jump from where all these companies are, exactly. you know, I, I work. So I work with students at a college. We always talk mm-hmm. about opportunities. I'm like, go on meetup or eventbrite.com. You'll find yes. so much things, and I bet you, if you're in Idaho and do that, you're not going to see it. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not saying not no hate for Idaho. We love you, Idaho. We yeah, love potatoes. We, we love you. <laughs> but if you won't see us, there's definitely like social capital here in the Bay Area. Yeah, I think that's one of the benefits of it. Maybe that's why it's so expensive. But yeah, there's so much things to do here. Yeah, that's yeah. a whole nother podcast. But yeah. <laughs> that's why I don't live out there right now. But um, no, so, so it was it was great, you know, but. I did get burned out. It's okay. it's very physically okay. taxing. And a lot of people, the first thing they say is, you know, what you mentioned earlier, oh, why don't you train artists? Why don't you create a design team? Yeah. And uh, I get a little frustrated with that question, but n- not at the people, because if, like I said, if you're not from an artistic background, that's a natural train of thought to, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. say. But a lot of us artists, I can't speak for all the artists, but a lot of us, we are lone wolves. It's not a situation where it's like, come on, I'll train you. And then you do this because artists by nature, most of them, many of them, some of them, a number of them are flaky. Let's just, Mm. I'll just put it out there. They, they're doing it for fun. They do it because they love it. It's a passion. A lot of them do do it to pay bills, but they don't necessarily present it in such a structured business-like way, the way that I do at least. Um, I've had to save many clients who said, my chalk artist bailed. I've, I've even had a yeah. client. Also, you've, said, had, you've hired, you've what? trained people at one point. You try to scale well, your business. No, I, I actually, I've never trained anybody. I already knew that would be a disaster, but <laughs> I've actually had clients contact me and go, hey, I hired a chalk artist. They disappeared oh, okay. or they okay. take too long to get back to me. And because I've been in corporate and because I understand that business world, I understand what it's like to have art clients, but in a business setting, like Mm -hmm, I have deposit requests, I have contracts, I have, you know, all these things in place. And a lot of artists, they still operate on a handshake and a wink, you know, and I can't, I'm not knocking my fellow artists out there. They're doing their thing. But I think one of the reasons I've been so successful with the Chalk Chica is because of how I package myself and how I market and brand myself. And it's just a matter of being dependable. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of artists hard. don't have that business part. But I think when you have that yeah. business part, that's when you start monetizing. That's when you start yeah. making money. Yeah. Right? And but not every artist has both of those minds. 
They don't. And, you know, bless their heart. Everyone has to do what works for them. And so I've actually been fortunate that I've have a reputation for being professional, being on time, you know, being really good with my communication skills and understanding that I'm delivering a service. I'm not being commissioned to do a portrait and it's going to hang like, no, I'm working with corporations and branding and logos and things that they've spent millions of dollars on. And so I'm bringing their vision to life right you got to deliver and i understand that and i'm not offended by that i'm not like oh bro you're harshing on my creativity yeah. <laughs> like, no i'm not i'm just not that it's person like, come on, so, man, you don't understand where i'm coming from my message yeah. right here like you don't like this i had a little extra no they just want you to draw a logo bro like what's <laughs> going on like so so then um, you got you got burnt out from all of that I did. Um, I was mostly hard work. Yeah, I was mostly burned out doing the chalk painted walls because people are now taking chalkboard paint and they're painting just their homes. They're painting offices. There's these just huge amount of wall space, and they're going create on that. And I'm going, I don't want to, because <laughs> those are like ten to twelve hour days of just uh -huh. continuously just. Okay climbing up and down ladders contorting and and uh -huh. it does it does burn you out and i was getting cranky and i was getting unhappy and i always told myself i don't want to do something that makes me unhappy so i made a big change um, in 2016 i decided i'm not doing chalk walls anymore um i will grandfather in previous clients i'll continue to maintain their stuff i'll do special you events the good ones. I did. <laughs> I did. The ones that made it worth my while. I was like, I got you. You, know, you took care of me. I'm going to take care of you. Um, so I technically still do chalk painted walls, but I do them for my previous and current clients. I do them for special events because a lot of venues and that's totally fine because that's like one hitter quitter, you know, mm -hmm, and they plan mm -hmm. so far in advance. So it, it allows me to maximize my time. Yeah, it makes sense for you with all the other things you have going on. It does. And yeah. I also have a lot of residential clients and I love working with people because it's in their homes. It's a different setting, you know? That's <clears throat> so I do work with uh, residential clients. And now, as far as where I stand at right now with the Chalk Chica, I mostly only specialize in weddings, special events, conferences and trade shows, you know, traveling, doing that kind of stuff. So okay. I'm trying to work smarter okay. and not harder. So, so then you said in 2016, something changed. That's when I stopped offering the chalk art for the walls. Mm. Like I actually put it on the website. I, you know, I'm even transitioning out of menus because a lot of restaurants and bars and cafes, their turnaround time is consistent. They're like, oh, okay. could you come in okay. each week and change prices? And I'm like, no, you need to learn how to write numbers nicely. Like it's, we have a new special, Dania, and you did the yeah. change to your chalk art. Uh, I can't, you know, I can't, it just got to be too difficult. And, um, when I tell them, you know, I don't live near you, I've got to charge you for my mileage for my toll. Time, and then they get time. mad because okay. they're like, Oh, I was just, that's expensive. And I was like, well then don't like, no, <laughs> so now I don't, it, it's, it's, that's reasonable. Yeah. They should understand. As any business owner knows, you have to learn as you're progressing where to make certain difficult decisions, you know, and could I continue to make great money doing all that? Of course, but I would basically probably put myself in attraction at an early age because, mm -hmm. you know, I'm starting to get back problems and things like that. And I try to take care of myself yes. and, you know, so, I get massages, work out the kinks. I'm always mm -hmm. taking a break and stretching, but I, I'm not trying to beat myself up before I've even started. Right. I know? can imagine because when I saw the pictures, those are huge walls. So it takes They're a big. lot of physical demands on you so when you lower yeah. so when you started stopping to do that when did the california uh, petite pageant work mm -hmm. come in and then when did think post productions come in right the pageant thing pretty much popped off for me around 2015 basically when i won at the national level for usa petite for the ms division which is mm -hmm. ms that oh, so you're doing that while you're still doing chalk chica then oh yeah the acting on the side so you did you were doing kind of juggling three things I was definitely okay. juggling it and um, it, it worked out because at the time, you know, I was making good enough money to where I could, you know, afford to take care of my wardrobe and pay the entry fee and, and do all the prep that it takes because I had to compete in Florida because that's where it takes place. So mm -hmm. it was my first time ever going to Florida and I was so thankful that it was because of that, that that was the reason I was there. So I, I had retired, so to speak, because I had aged out at 26. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, and was always curious as I got older, you know, I think I want to do another pageant. I wonder if I'd be any good. You know, I mm -hmm. didn't 
do very well in the couple that I did because, you know, I was just doing it for fun, learning so along the way. Before, right. Okay. Yeah. You know, the last time before then that I had competed was in 2008 for Miss USA, Miss California, USA. And, um, had a great time. It was, it was overwhelming. It was a huge pageant. But then after that, you know, I didn't, I couldn't enter in any other pageants because I couldn't find anything with my age group. And then in 2015, I decided, all right, let me give this another try. It was like January, like a new year, you know, I'm thinking about new things to take on. So I said, let me just do a Google search and see what pops up. And USA Petite was like right at the top of the list. And I said, what do they mean by petite? And I'm like, oh, five, six right, and five, shorter. Six, six and shorter oh, yeah. That's money. Oh, I should be on this website <laughs> right now. Like it, it blew my mind. It was super great because not only that, they had a division for my age group because the Ms. division is 24 to 40. Okay, okay. And I'm learning about your world right now. I have no idea absolutely. how it works. Absolutely. I know I respect it because whenever people are on these different shows or um, Miss mm -hmm. Universe and stuff, I always yeah. hear stories about all these other things they're doing, entrepreneurial stuff. So yeah, yeah they're up there looking pretty, but behind that is a, it's a straight hustler for real. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And that's what's also exciting for me about being a part of pageants and just being a natural kind of coach and mentor is I love to educate people. I love to inform people and open their eyes. By all means, there's mm -hmm. more going on in the world than pageants. I'm completely aware of yeah. that. You know, you'd be totally fine if you went your entire life not knowing anything about pageants. But what gets me is that there's still stigma. There's still negative connotations. There's still, you know, the naysayers who think that it's holding women back or exploiting them. <clears throat> or there's just, you know, just plain, just people being mean, mean people mm. suck first yeah. and foremost. Fuck you so, mean people. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm just not okay with yeah. people bashing something they don't know anything about. So right, right. if I can at least teach you something different, you don't have to still agree with pageants, but at least know that these women are not stupid. These mm. are women that are pillars in their communities because a lot of people don't realize that outside of everything you see on the televised pageant, these women are, you know, graduating from college, kuma sum laude. You know, they're super smart. Yeah. They're running businesses. They're starting their own charities and nonprofits. And I mean, how can you be mad at that? Yeah, a lot so, of, and right now you're you're doing mentoring and coaching for them, right? Yeah, I've been. No more competitions for you, or you still do? Never say never. Okay. I, I have my hands full. If I found, you know, because you can't once you win in a particular system, you can't yeah. compete again. So you, I can't. You won, right? And. Yeah, for USA in yeah. 2015. Congrats. Thank you. Snap, thank snap, you, snap. Yeah. Oh, gosh, nice. oh, um, yeah. I suck at it, but hey. Hey, you're doing okay. Oh, you're really? doing all okay. right. Yeah. Cool. Trying to be all <laughs> if I find a Mr. Parade, I'll have you up in it. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mr. Petit. I'm like 5'7, five, 5'8, five, so. That's what's I, up. I don't know what. I had to, to create my own division. There you go. And that's there the thing. Go. That's what I loved about USA Petite is our national director, Hazely. She created this vehicle for us. Mm. We, I wouldn't have a crown and a sash. I wouldn't have my own title holders had it not been for her seeing a need in the pageant industry, at least to create something just for us. And a lot of people, you know, will say, well, why don't you just do the, the pageants that don't have height requirements? Okay. Yes, that's true. A lot of the big pageants don't actually have a height requirement. However, in pageant culture, as it is in the fashion and modeling culture, they are coached to pick tall girls. In oh, the I Miss see, see. USA system alone, since it started, which was decades ago, they've only had two winners that were under five, six. That's telling you something. So it's, a little, it's, bi yeah, it's biased toward the taller women. It is. Mm -hmm. And that's not to take anything away from taller women, but you know, how can you justify putting thousands of dollars and competing into a pageant when you're looking at your competition, literally towering over you and knowing you're automatically the favorite? Yeah. It's like, girl, no you're too tall. How strong I am as yeah. a competitor. If you're already doing this and you're looking at the tall girls, why am I even here? And so it was so wonderful to be at USA Petite and at California Petite and have the girls geek out because the five, six girls who are like at the max, they're like, I'm an Amazon. I'm so tall. <laughs> we don't know what that's like. We, we like talk about short girl problems and people can actually relate. And that's what fun, I love. Fun size. Yeah. Fun size. So fun size. So, you know, the being involved in the pageant winning and then having that year as a title holder really opened my eyes and made me fall in love with pageants all over again. And that's when I knew that I wanted to help Hazely grow 
the system so that we had state preliminaries. Uh, that's when you started getting involved. Okay. That's when I said, yeah. we don't have one for California. I want to do California. And if it proves to be successful and I'm able to do it every year, I want to then acquire other states and or find people that are interested mm -hmm. in it and train them and create kind of this vehicle, this um, group of state directors that really have the same goal, which is to give these women of all ages, shapes, and sizes, this platform to, to highlight them, to celebrate mm -hmm. them. You know, they're doing great things and they should be recognized. And that's the work you do as the state director. Absolutely. I so see. it is a whole business side to it for sure. And continuing to educate people because a lot of women, especially short women, we're told that we can't do so many things. Women in general are already told, you can't do this, you can't do that. And so my job is to, tell them that, yes, you can. Even if pageants, you've never thought about doing a pageant as a woman, even if you've kind of been like, eh, I don't think it'd be lame, but to at least know if you wanted to, there's a place for you, mm -hmm. I think is really important. It, it gives them food for thought, um, right. especially when it comes to the married women and the women who have had kids who are literally told, this is not for you. Uh, yes, it can be, because yeah. that's what USA Petite's all about. Yeah, so let's fast forward a little bit into, uh, think post productions yep and that's your current venture right now right yeah definitely um aside from doing the pageants once i slowed down with I feel, the by the way i feel like I if had... there's a listener listening to this they're like geez like one after another you're like a short story of like different <laughs> things going on yeah even but... my parents get exhausted i'm like i have a whiteboard and i write my schedule down each week because they just know not to ask me because they'll go oh well blah, blah, and they're like oh i'm tired and i go oh, just check the whiteboard like you know it's my my daily planner up there yeah but um keeps yeah you on, keeps you on track the cool thing that i noticed with once i stepped back from the chalk chica and was doing it still but in a smaller capacity i had more time to be present on social media to go on casting calls and auditions and get jobs and then document that and then of course you know the more activity you do the more you pop up on people's radars and it was amazing because i think within a month excuse me of kind of changing my workflow I was getting people contacting me going, hey, I saw your profile show up on blah, 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 blah. Hey, I've got this project. Hey, you popped up. And so people were finding me because I was making myself visible. When I'm just in my chalk art world and I'm not doing anything else anywhere, nobody knows I exist I see, in I that see, realm. Right. So that was really prophetic for me. So I said, okay, I need to really just start doing the social media thing. And um, so the acting stuff started taking off and then the modeling stuff started taking off and I was getting back into that world that I really loved. And those and two really like missed. linked together with the acting, the yeah, it, production it company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely overlaps. And I had been a part of two different small production companies and, you know, everybody is so different and those petered out for one reason or another, which happens a lot. So um, I actually was brought on board adulting by Alex Acosta, who's one of my business yeah. partners. At I want to check out that show for real. When I, when I was should. reading about it, I was like, this is cool. And I was talking to Manuel. Yeah, who, uh, and because he, that's me. the one, that's the project where we showed up. And I didn't know he was going to be part of it till a little yeah. bit last minute. So I was like, oh, dope. I'm with people that yeah. I know. By the way, I want to do so, a quick shout out to Manuel. Yeah. Manuel is the one who referred Dania to me. And he was my guest number three. But he referred two other guests to me too. So I just want to give awesome. a shout out, a weird shout out to Manuel. That Manuel, if you're <laughs> listening to this right now, Manuel, Manuel Camacho, if you're listening to this right now, <laughs> I want you to stop. I want you to take a picture of your face. I want to see your reaction <laughs> yes. of me literally calling your name and send it to Dania and I. I. I want you to stop right now. Manuel, if you are listening to this, please stop. Take a picture. <laughs> send it to Dania and I. This is how we're going to really find out if Manuel listens to this podcast. This is, this is how you know. Calling you out on it. We've done this years ago, but with technology, man, we can, we can track you, buddy. We can track you. But go ahead. What's up, talk, man? Talk about, but yeah, talk about adulting, yeah. So adulting was great. I was just an actor on that project, but I knew Alex, similar to how I knew Manny, we um, did a commercial years ago and there's always kept in touch. And so we've kept tabs on each other's projects. And he told me about adulting about a year before we actually started going into production. So I knew that the project was there and was very excited when he finally reached out and pulled the trigger and was letting people know, hey, you know, we're doing a table read. You know, it all became real. And then we shot the pilot episode and that was a lot of fun. And so I kept in touch with Alex at that time just off and on. And then um, he connected with Robert Carrera, who's our other business partner. And they actually known each other for quite some time going back to like elementary school years. And 
So Alex said, you know, me and Rob wrote this movie together called The Run. It's a short film and I want you to play the lead. You know, I'm, I'm in the lead. I'm one of the lead actors too. And I want you to play, you know, you'd be like my love interest kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, dope. So showed I, thought, up. I think you put a little, there's a commercial of that on your Instagram or something. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of scary, a, right? Um, no, that's The Horde. That oh, was actually a short okay. horror film. Yeah, The Run is like a mafia-style kind of action film. Okay. And we actually are submitting it to film festivals right now. So we had it on YouTube, but it's technically still there, but we just made it private because sometimes the film festivals, you know, don't want it okay. published, so to Got speak. It. But um, we did do a screening for it uh, last year in December and had, you know, people, friends and family come out and watch it and had a great time. So that was a lot of fun. And that's when I first met Rob because he wrote it and directed it. And then Alex and I were in it along with a great cast, Mike Betancourt, um, David Driscoll, Raphael Siegel. All these shout outs. All these shout outs. Giving all these love to these gotta people. Gotta give love. Manny, gotta give Nick Napolitano. Oh, Alex. I mean, just, everybody go. that was a part of it, you know. Everyone take a picture of your face and send it to Danny and I, just, please. you know, give us a big face collage, you know. <laughs> And um, I really and can't wait to see this if people do it. It's gonna be it's gonna be money. It's gonna be so money. <laughs> and I'm just like super excited about that. I really am. <laughs> Yay! Selfies all day. <laughs> so it was really with adulting that kind of spearheaded my connection with Alex and Rob. And then on set of the run, I met Amit, who ended up being our rounding founding member. There's four of us, and he was our director of photography. So he did the camera work and everything on the run. And our time shooting that project was so amazing. My cat's getting into my, hey, uh-huh. being famous right now. Stop messing things up in my room. <laughs> oh, so you have a cat and a dog. I'm a pet mom to the fullest. What's up, pet moms oh, and that, dads? That's a fifth thing to add on your belt. Definitely. just You're basically a pet. You're a mama. I am. I'm mother to all, <laughs> can I say. So, um, but yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I I got started with, you know, mm. the run and then Ahmed so and, and Rob well. and Alex. Yeah. We we realized what we had there. This group, the way we worked together and the fun that we had. And with anything, it is work. You know, all of us, we were pulling really long hours. Right. Our call times were super early. Yeah, we're you guys were just vibing. Along the way. Mm. And it was funny because we still talk about it now. We look back on it and we go, you know, each day of production, someone had a bad day. We were like, oh, you know, someone's pissed <laughs> off. But we were That must be really fun acting and having the cat who you work with really closely and you just form oh. that weird bond together i mean i'm not an actor but when i watch things like friends mm-hmm. and i see like bloopers and it's like, oh i want them oh, to yeah. see them get i mean it, get together it's like it's kind of cool like they have this really good friendship i don't know about the friends cast i'm not going to go into that but <laughs> I mean, you know what i mean like just seeing yeah, cast no, get together and they're like like man i remember all those mm-hmm. days we spent together it's a real cool bonding experience so you guys had that you guys were really jiving and so i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna uh, make an assumption that from there you guys were mm-hmm. thinking Let's start our own production company. We did. It, you know, we did the short film and then we premiered it. And I know that we all, because we all had, you know, fun outside of work. We would get together and have drinks or we'd have dinner. We would, you know, text each other. And we were just thinking to ourselves, you know, I remember I think one night we were actually all looking at each other and, and Rob's like, are we are we going to do this? Is this going to be a thing? Uh-huh, and I was like, uh-huh. are we, are we going to be a production company? And then Alex was like, what are we going to call ourselves? And then like, we just kind of <laughs> went and just said, okay, we're going to be a production company. And so, you know, in that sense, it's not formalized. We're not an LLC or anything like that. We are just a group of filmmakers and still. friends yeah, okay. that, you know, we, we have these great stories that we want to tell. We want to do it on location within our respective communities. We shoot on location a lot. We have people that are super supportive. You know, we've shot in people's homes. We've shot in restaurants and bars and people who get what we're trying Wait, to do. That, what's that whole process like? Do you have to get licenses? It's do you stressful. It, well, it's it's yeah. not stressful when you know people. It, it oh, definitely is about who you know. And we're really fortunate that Alex in particular, we shoot a lot of our projects in the Brentwood Antioch area. Okay. And he uh, is a bartender at, out there. And so he is in the community. Like it's a small town. So he, Everybody he knows, knows him. Right. He knows people. So instantly when we were scouting locations for the run, he said, well, I got the Mannheim Social Club. I know the owners. Mm-hmm. And the owner, Larry. Hi, Larry. He loved Shout out to Larry, take Shout a photo. Larry, man. Larry. Social Club. Yes. Um, Larry, take a photo also send it to Larry don't be a stranger I know where you work um (laughs) (laughs) it was it was really cool because even when you get you know licensing and stuff like that and permits we haven't had to deal with so far because we're working directly with the business owners Mm. but sometimes this didn't happen in our case with Larry but sometimes you get people who are super excited but then they get very intimidated because you show up with all your equipment 
and your lights. And then they're going, oh my gosh, they get into panic mode and they get anxious. And uh-huh, uh-huh. then you kind of get worried because you're going, okay, they were on board in the beginning, but are they still going to be cool with us now? And then, so it's always really touch and go with certain businesses. But thankfully, Larry completely embraced us. He fed us. They gave That's us, cool. you know, food and Shout drink. Shout out to Larry. And yeah. he told us, you know, he's like, anytime you need to shoot yeah. here, anytime, you know, we even did our screening there for the run. So we got a projector cool. screen and we set it up and, you know, it, it was so overwhelming to have that kind of love and support from the community. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I grew up in Fairfield and I've scattered locations out here and I've brought people on projects and it's fun to be able to shoot and and bring people on board that you work with that you're friends with that you respect and and to be supported by people that get what you're trying to do and they want to see you succeed that's neat getting all those people together and that's i think that's a big difference between just acting and having working for a production company but then owning your own production company you have to do the the set you have to do Mm -hmm. finding the cast writing the scripts too you guys do all that yeah we do um one of the things we've kind of done is we kind of say, okay, at least in the beginning, I don't know, each of us has had stories that we wanted to tell. And then so kind of go around the table, like, all right, what are you pitching today? And, Uh and kind of the equation for us is we either need to be always shooting something, writing something, brainstorming something, or editing something. We always want to have something in the pipeline because that's how you keep your team fresh. That's how you keep everybody on the ball you know yeah. we never by the way i think it'd be awesome if you guys had a vlog oh we we've talked about like you know, showing behind the scene like you oh telling me God. about how you guys get together talking about this idea yeah. and you're starting your own production company like i would love to just see those moments when you guys are like sitting around at the bar having yeah. a drink trying mm-hmm. to figure out who could be whose place could be shoot at oh tony's you guys go to tony's right uh, i mean we, it's, it's extra work you don't have to no i you did you I know honestly we're incorporating something similar where we're really stepping up our social media game because we want to do more behind the scenes videos you know because yeah. we're oh, oh my yeah. gosh we're such clowns on set and i'm the only girl in the sausage party so i hold it down <laughs> where i'm just like these fools you know but it, it totally works you know um but yeah no we, we definitely are going to be doing a lot more behind the scenes videos and just showing people just how much fun we have but also how much work goes into it and right. speaking of which we're actually our next production is a short horror film called the date and that's going to be shooting in production this weekend where it's going to mm-hmm. be an overnight shoot so we're starting at like eight o'clock at night and going till about three or four in the morning so we're going to be uh, walking through the location. It's going to be shot at a house and a residence in Antioch. So Friday, we're doing what's called the walkthrough is we're going to literally, you know, take the script and the shot list and start setting up. Okay, this is where we would shoot this. And what are the logistics mm-hmm. looking like? Mm-hmm. We, we have to do it at night because we have to try to mimic what the shooting environment is going to look like and figure out what the lights are going to be set up and yeah. basically doing all the pre-production so that when we start shooting on Saturday, all those kinks have been worked out and we'll leave all the equipment up, you know, in place so that we literally just come back the next day and I'm really excited about that one because my protege Jennifer Smith is actually starring in it along with another actor who was in the horde which is the the other scary one that we had showed Um, but he had a mask on so you couldn't really recognize him but Emilio they're going to be starring in this and I will be not on camera which is great because I'm going to be doing everything else I'll be doing directing assistant um rob's gonna be directing it alex is the producer on it i'll be doing um a lot of the production assistant work i'll be script supervisor you know mama bear make sure everybody's getting fed and that they have everything they need Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. so that's gonna shoot this weekend and that's really exciting and and as far as adulting goes we actually have i'll be posting a facebook invite link you know letting everybody know about it and of course you're welcome to come yes. bring 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 the wife it's going to be we're going to be screening the pilot episode of adulting on saturday june 9th in Sweet. downtown Antioch, Antioch. I feel so special. Seven to nine. Oh yeah and it's there. free to the public you know we want everybody to show up and um <laughs> the details will be posted on the facebook i really think it's a cool concept <laughs> I'm just really it's, into the whole adulting. Yeah, I think that's why I work at a college because I'm at the fork right. in the road where everyone is adulting, right? And yeah. I think that's why I do like a work, this work talk podcast because it's it's that transition point into adulting. So I'm a big fan of that concept. Yeah. I'm talking to Manuel, he, Manuel told me a little a little bit about the uh, the storyline of adulting. Yeah, but I just want to I want to watch it. I think it's really it's cool. Fun. It, yeah, it's fun. It's a ragtag team of 
people, you know, with ensemble cast, it's always, you know, tricky in terms of shooting and logistics. But, you know, we shot this a year ago or so. And now to be able to watch it come to fruition, it's going to be exciting for everybody. That's how long it took. took. You guys shot it a year ago. We did. And it it we had hoped to have it done sooner obviously but you know there are always delays working with different editors getting the footage it not being right you know you don't want to rush it but at the same time you're always thinking you know are people still going to care is this taking a certain amount of time or is it still going to matter but the great thing is people have known about this project for so long and they've literally just been like anticipating Antsy, yeah. it. So <laughs> even though they were like where is it where is it where is it they understood that it would be better that it happened this way than us to put out a crap product and then then go oh god they time. don't know what they're doing yeah. Take you know your time so on you it. can't rush greatness yeah and, and talking about um, acting I, I just mm-hmm. want, I'm just trying to un- get a grasp of all the things you've done. You've done a lot of commercial stuff, <clears throat> but mm-hmm. stuff like adulting, that's like a, a TV series. Yeah. You've, you've done some of that. You've done short films, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've and, done. And that's um, like a sp- the spectrum of all your different acting gigs, right? Pretty much. I mean, there's also industrials, which a lot of people aren't really aware of if they're not in the acting industry. And industrials are basically, for lack of a better word, like training videos. They're they're broad. They're not used for broadcast publicly, but they're used internally oh, in companies. It. But I mean, that can be everything from you know Google to you know just big name companies. The uh-huh. videos that you see, you I know, know what I mean, you mean because I have to uh, watch these videos at work too. Someone's they, like, "Welcome when, to." Yes. Like, yep. this is how you use your computer. I'm like, oh, okay. <clears throat> Anybody um, that works at the DMV in California, I'm in the video talking about the donor, the donor hey! prop, uh, you know, program for organ donation. And Shout I, out to DMV like, employees yeah. trained by Dania. I haven't seen it. So let me know how it is. <laughs> I mean, you know. They, you really don't see a lot of your work. That's what Manuel said, too. Or um, yeah. some, um, I was talking to another person. Like, you don't even know when they posted sometimes. No. But I will say, and again, this is all about love fest here. Lori Loeb of, I hope I said her last name right. It's funny because I never met her in person. So Lori Lob, Loeb, Lob, but Lori from oh, AE works. Casting, she can't, I hope you don't hate because Lori, you love me and I love you too. So <laughs> Lori from AE Casting is one of the biggest hustlers I've seen. She has a casting agency called AE Casting out of Santa Rosa. And she is the type of casting agent where not only does she, you know, put you out there and submit projects for you. And once you book them, she chases down the footage she makes sure Sure that you see your stuff yes and she is has by far been one of the most amazing people i've had the opportunity to network with because the majority of the commercials that you've seen me in and even the warriors commercial like i got that through lori the the regional commercials that happen you know that you see lori that's that's all her and her team I don't know, but it was so funny. The one chance that I had to meet her in person, like I couldn't make it. It's just like you're like a phantom, uh, you know. Just, we keep missing each other. Like, oh, hey, okay, Lori, if you're listening to this podcast, take a picture of yourself right now and send yes. it to Dania and I. We need please. you. And I, again, I apologize if I said your last name wrong. Most people can't say my first name right, so I get it. But you know, nothing personal. Dania. But again, you know, a lot of people do. They they see my name, but unless they watch. A video where I've said my name, they won't know how to say my name. So hopefully right. she'll forgive me. I thought I thought it was Dania at first, and then I heard a lot of people do Dania, Dania. Yeah. Um, they think it's Dana, and I just don't know how to spell my own name. <laughs> Surprise! They think it's Diana, and again, yeah. I don't know how to spell. It's D A N I A. It's Dania. Some people say Dania. Whatever is easier, I guess. Yeah. But um, yeah. So hey, let me put it. Let me put this yeah. all together because I want to. Good luck. No, yeah, because I'm not juggling. <laughs> so let's talk. Now we have an idea of all four of your main projects. Mm-hmm. Right now, which one's your baby? Oh, I would have to say California Petite simply mm. because it's not just me anymore. I have four They're all listening wonderful. To this, like, yeah, I know. Let's see. Um, Esmeralda Rios, Kayla Burton, um, Irina Kay, and Tanisha Smith. Those are my ladies, my teen, my miss, my miss, and my missus, California Petites yeah, for this year. I saw you year. post there um, on Sac- uh, Sacramento. Audio They're audio on the TV, uh, mm-hmm. TV, TV thing. Yeah. yeah. We had so much fun. And I mean, that's just the beginning, you know, so it, and Jennifer Smith, uh, my protege, who's also my co-director, she mm-hmm. stepped up and she was my right hand. You know, when I was emceeing on the stage, she and her mom, Nadia, were holding it down in the back and just making sure everything was going the way it was supposed to. So I certainly couldn't have done it without the team behind me and all of my friends and family that came out to support. But I would say, you know, think post and the pageant are neck and neck. 
The only reason I would say that the pageant is a little bit above is again, because it's not just about me now. I have these four young women who are depending on me and my team to give them this experience that they've never been on before. And, and we have a lot of responsibilities and duties to them. And I just want to give them a memorable year. And then I also in turn want to continue to inspire and motivate other young ladies to sign up for next year, you know? Yeah. Out of, out of those four experiences, uh, four projects, mm-hmm. is there a moment you re- you were really proud of that you could share with myself and the listeners? Oh, that's so that's such a good question. <laughs> I I um I've had. I know moments. it's like a big one. Like I know. I, think I should I've... tell people ahead of time. That I'm going to ask them to tell me a story. Yeah. Jerk. Didn't prepare. Just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. It's all over. I know. I'm so not good at preparing people. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, but then it's more candid again. Yeah, you know, we exactly. don't we don't want it to be that rehearsed. Un- yeah, I want it to be like that unplugged conversation kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if you need um, five minutes just thinking, you, you know, five minutes of could could I kind of cheat that and say what memorable experience I had for each one as uh, opposed yeah, to like ahead. one overall one? Yeah, give okay. all of them some love. Okay. So for the chalk art, um, my my memorable experience for that was flying to New York for the first time because a company believed in me enough and my talent enough to say, "Hey, hop on a plane. We want you to draw and provide you know chalk art and signage for our event." And and it's New York. That's awesome. And it's New York. I, I mean, know, who flies somebody across the country to, you know, to know that my reputation had preceded me in that sense and that people respected my craft and my skill set to bring me there. And then to, to get there and everybody's like, Chalk Chica! And I'm like, I don't know you people. What's going on? <laughs> you know, and they're just like, yeah, I'm such a fan. I'm like, there's fans? People are fans of my work? Like, that was really That's great to feeling. me because, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm looking out at my hotel room just going, my art brought me here, you know, like that's amazing to me. So it was a wonderful feeling and it made me feel really valued and appreciated. Um, With the pageant, there was a lot of really great rewarding memories, but I think probably the best one has been the love that I've gotten from the women who have participated in it and their emails to me saying, you know, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to come back next year. Mm-hmm. You, it's mm-hmm. because of you that I was able to even have this experience and just, you know, thank you. And it's just, I, I, I'm not normally an emotional person, but being a part of California Petite has damn near brought me to tears almost every time I think about it. Cause it's, <laughs> my heart is just so full of love and appreciation for all of these people, not just the contestants, but the people on my team and our sponsors and our partners and yeah. the people that have like really just said, oh, you're a part of it. Oh, boom, I'm on board. What do you need? Yeah, I know you it's know? Getting, getting the feeling of knowing that you gave value to somebody else is yeah. like, it's like addicting. Like when it's, you know you're helping someone else, there's purpose There's no greater life, reward. Yeah, I think purpose in life has a strong tie to helping others. Absolutely. And that's what it should be about. Um, so that was fantastic. And then with the acting, that was, that's been rewarding all the time, but, but recently because people are kind of just seeing like, Hey, you've, you're good at this, you know, like, yeah, you do commercials, but now that I'm getting more into like deeper roles and more challenging roles and even certain darker roles and then doing the rehearsals and, and just literally losing myself in a character. And then I kind of step outside of myself and go, okay, you can actually pat yourself on the back. You did really good with that. Like you're, you should keep doing this, you know? So that's been really rewarding. That's cool. um, Where can people see some of your work? Your YouTube your, your, your uh, YouTube channel? Yeah, I've got okay. a lot of stuff on the YouTube page. Um, with Think Post Productions is definitely where a lot of the, the more exciting projects, I think, are simply because they are short films. You know, they're not just commercials or like kind of quick flyby, you know, cameo type things. Um, so uh, we are actually really focused on film festival submissions this year. So 
there may not be a lot of content on there right now, but that's because we're trying to get in on that level and get some leverage, you know, we're going really small, really local film festivals, try to get, you know, maybe some awards, some kind of recognition because the goal is to get investors and to show people like, Hey, we do, we do these projects and tell these stories on a shoestring budget. Can you imagine the damage that we can do if you give us some money? (laughs) So, um, but yeah, definitely follow us on the social media, especially with think post productions. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. We are shooting a lot this summer. So we're going to do a lot of really fun behind the scenes stuff. Um, we'll be rehearsing, um, you know, and shooting and in production and editing, and you'll get to see that journey with us. But um, right. YouTube's a great place. But again, just following the Facebook page is where and Instagram is where a lot of the more current, you know, stuff is going to be announced. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for sharing some of those stories. I think that's a good snippet. Now, let me ask, uh, ask this. Mm-hmm. A lot of my listeners, they like hearing my podcast and all the great things happening. But I got a lot of people asking feedback, wanting me to ask you guests, yeah. what about the bad times? What about oh, the that's times when, you, <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when things aren't going well, like when you're yeah. not feeling motivated to work mm-hmm. on your project? Yeah. Like, could you tell me about, like, could you tell me about sometimes when things weren't working well and what happened? Absolutely. It- as much success as you enjoy. Yeah, unless you're perfect. Unless, like, no no mistakes no at all. Thing. Dang no mistakes at all. Damien, 100%. In, in Photoshop, I'm perfect. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Photoshop can change me. But, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm one of those people where I feel that rejection should be a part of your life because it helps you appreciate your successes that much more. I was not, I've lived a very good life. My parents have provided for me. I come from a very solid stable. Mm-hmm. I've always had a home. I've always had clothes on my back. I've always hey, had, mom. yes, uh, Asian moms be like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like don't even get me started. I'm about to be like a Joe Coy up in here. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I've, I've had in that sense, I've had it good. However, we were not rich. My parents worked very hard. I've worked jobs throughout high school. I, made my own money. I've always been independent and I've always hustled. I've always just been that person who's been so motivated because I don't expect people to give me anything. And I like knowing that I've worked for what I've had, you know? And, um, so when I was starting off with my art business, you know, I was undercharging because I was scared of, you know, people not wanting to hire me because I was charging too much. And it took a lot of trial and error. It took a lot of clients who took advantage, for lack of a better word, of my skill set and my time. And I'm sitting here, you know, bleary eyed in the middle of the night working on a project going, why did I only make this much on this? So that was stressful. Um, Being so hard, not making that much so hard. Yeah. And then, you know, having that confidence in myself to say, okay, no, I'm bumping up my rates because I deserve it. And then having people question that or not want to work with me and having to to deal with that. It it was, it was hard. Luckily it didn't last too long. Cause I was like, you know what? I'm awesome. Look at my work. You know, it was one of those times where I could toot my own horn because it's like, not just anybody can do this. You Mm. came to me. I didn't come to you. You know, maybe, maybe starting off, starting uh, charging cheap mm-hmm. and then just doing the work yeah. built up your confidence to want to up your price yeah. it did i mean i looked back on my body of work and how i was getting better you know the more each project that i do i get a little bit more refined and i do things a little differently and then i'm going you know what no i can actually walk away from you because your negativity right now is a huge red flag mm-hmm. you know i've had people nickel and dime me i've had people try to sit there and tell me that um you know well so and so charges this much i'm like well then go call them mm-hmm. you know and so it's awkward to have I those like conversations that. That sassiness, i had to where i was <laughs> just like i don't want to be that person but to be on top you kind of have to be because otherwise people you give an inch they'll take a mile and you know as far as rejection and horror stories go being in the industry in general in modeling and acting rejection Mm -hmm. is part of your resume so i was always getting rejected you know i was you know always too short or i wasn't ethnic enough can you make your hair into an afro and i'm like no because i'm asian and you know and just <laughs> being being treated as a statistic and as kind of like you know not a person there's an aspect yeah. of the industry that comes oh, yeah. with that acting i would assume so much rejection so much yeah. that's why I, I think i was reading when you're i was on your instagram and i made a comment to someone that i have a lot of respect for actors because it takes a lot 
to do it, it you have to yeah. know how to eat shit and keep yeah. going. And Absolutely. And because if you don't, you're not going to survive. Yeah. You're just not. You can you can still be sweet as pie and be nice to people, but if you don't know how to just get over not getting a role and if you're just yeah. going to like, you know, bitch and moan about something and just throw yourself a pity party, it's going to be a party of one mm -hmm. for a really long mm -hmm. time and your career is not going to progress. Yeah. And at the same time, nothing's going to be given to you. Roles aren't just handed to you, at least not at this level. You know, right. I you, haven't made it, you, you know, you built to that, that confidence because you started acting so young. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you, you literally are taught to sell yourself for yeah. lack of a better word. And I knew early on that when I wasn't picked for something, what, what I tell myself to this day, when I go to an audition or I go to a casting and I walk out, if I felt good about my performance, it doesn't matter if I didn't get it because I know they made that decision, not because I mm. didn't do a good job. It was literally because of whatever many other factors that I cannot control. That's and good. once I that's a good really sit to have, yeah, I, I think How, that's my best get, piece of advice. Did you get it like right away, or did it take a bunch of? Did you have moments when you auditioned and it didn't, you didn't get it, and you're like crying your ass off? Yeah, like, you wanna, know, I want to quit. You ever have those moments? I I never wanted to quit, but I definitely gave myself, I gave myself permission to be human. Uh, if I had to cry about it, I cried about it. But then I knew, okay, I'm not going to let this get me down because then I'm not going to be prepared for whatever the next role or the next project is. I know that I'm talented. I know that I'm capable. I just need the right people to to hire me for those jobs. Mm. And that's all I care about. Not the people who didn't pick me for one reason or another. So it, I guess I built that thick skin early on. And then that helped me not only continue to tell myself that every day, because I'm still submitting for stuff to this day that I won't get picked for. That's just the nature of the yeah. beast. So Dania, but now still, that, Dania yeah. at this day still experiences rejection. But oh the yeah, difference my skin is, is so now, sick. It's, you just rub it it's off. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah you know, it, yeah, there's always, always believe projects. like Yeah, people who don't have the mindset, rejection happens, they're sad for three days. People who are mm -hmm. successful, they're sad for three seconds. Exactly. You get over it because you have to. You can't afford to be stuck in your own pity party. And the thing, the hardest thing for me about acting is that when you audition for something and you get sides, which are your little, you know, script that you have to memorize and perform, you actually take time to know that character. And then you fall in love with that character and then you audition. And then if you don't get it, oh, it's, oh, so, it's so you so put your heart into it. Yeah. It's such a bummer, you know, and it sucks. I, actually, ooh, ooh, I have. I knew so we're not technically on a time limit, but it just reminded me of like the bad yeah, fuck, fuck side. I'm, of I'm not things. sure we're like we're like three hours in. I don't know, but it's all good. We're, we're like I'm <laughs> we're feeling it. Because we're waiting, we're waiting for people to send us their selfies. Yeah, exactly. Um, I remember probably my biggest heartache as an actor was I was auditioning for a feature film, and it was super cool. The premise of it was I was playing an, an artificial intelligence like hologram chick interacting with this That's guy very ass, yeah. very like tony starkish you know where he's like getting ready to premiere this software this person and she ends up kind of going a little haywire she does all these different characters a lot of cgi stuff it was super super cool so i auditioned i studied my ass off you know reading the sides and memorizing the lines and i went for the audition and had such a good rapport with the casting director and the people that were, you know, I was auditioning in front of. And I could just tell, I was like, okay, cool. Like we get along. It's really great. They gave me good feedback and they said, okay, we'll be in touch. Cause we're going to do several rounds. We're going to literally do a process of elimination. Those are definitely the most physically taxing because it's not like, Oh, one audition, maybe you get one call back a second chance and then you get picked or like just one audition. And then you get the role. This is like, they told us, they're like, we're going to be auditioning several rounds of people. Cause we really, really want to get the right okay, casting. I guess. Yeah. So it's, so it's intense. It was very intense. Yeah. Intense so audition. Then, yeah. And then they told me, okay, great. You got the second audition. Here's the date and the time that you need to be here by. Well, I had to do artwork, which is completely unrelated to being on camera. Mm -hmm. So like my mm -hmm. hair is up and I'm, you know, having, it's like a 10 hour job and I got there super early and I'm just rushing, I'm rushing, I'm trying to do all this stuff. And I still have to do my hair and I have to do my makeup and, and I was running late and I was, you never run late for anything when it comes oh to the gosh, entertainment yeah. industry. So I'm sweating bullets. I'm like, I'm not going to make it there in time. I'm emailing them, calling them. Hey, I'm on my way. Please, you know, push my audition time back. I'm so, so sorry. They were cool. Well, at but that moment, like, you're probably like stressing cool. I was, oh my God. my Bonkers. mind was like gone. And I didn't even have time to like do my hair. So I had this headscarf on and I was like, 
F it. I'm just going to wear the headscarf. Like they saw my hair before. Like I was just like, I just have to make it there. I just have to get there. And so they were like, oh, wear like a dress or some kind. They know what kind of dress to wear. So I just brought a dress. So I'm like breaking the speed limit, which is not okay. But I was like, I want this role. Like I got this. I deserve this. I, this is my role. I'm fighting for this role. I get there and I'm like super, I sweated all my makeup off. It was horrible. Did all the makeup, sweat it all off because I was frantic. And then I get there and I'm like trying to breathe, trying to slow down. They knew I was there. They had a couple other actors in front of me buying time. It's like, cool, cool, cool. So I get in the room and first I apologize profusely. And right, I'm like, right. my makeup is like this and my hair. I'm so sorry about how I look. And they're like, oh no, you look very exotic. Like it's fine. And I was like, no, but it's not okay. And you know, and but because I'd had exotic. the rapport with them from the first audit, yeah, they said, like, you look exotic. I'm like, I'll take that as a good thing. And so, you know, so I'm focused. We do the read again. And then they're like, okay, great, awesome. We're gonna do another round of callbacks, but we're gonna do it on Skype this time. And I'm just like, okay, cool. I mean, I went through so much to get to this audition. So then at a later date and time, they did the Skype audition and there was like two people on it and we're reading the sides and I had to do different impersonations because this character morphs into different characters. So I'm nailing that. There's one where she turns into Marilyn Monroe. And so they're like, oh, you have to do a Marilyn Monroe voice. And so like I did some, I did research. I'm looking, I'm listening to her interviews. I'm watching uh -huh, her performances. Uh -huh. I'm mimicking like all this on my side, you know, you time. Us, you give us a little taste? Absolutely not, because it was terrible. It's okay. But you know, I, I at that time I felt like I got it okay. I was like pretty good, and I was even I was so wanting this role that I told myself if I get it, I'm good. I was looking up Marilyn Monroe impersonators to like get coached to like really get into those characters because that's how committed I was yeah, to this role. You're all in. Yeah, I was all in. So what happened? They auditioned me on Skype and they said I did okay, and then they said. Um, with the Marilyn Monroe thing, they were like, could you probably work on that a little bit more to like make it a little bit more solid? But the funny thing was the Marilyn Monroe was two lines of dialogue in the whole script. But I was like, okay, well, you're at, you're at round like three or four, they're gonna be picky. So I said, okay, I'll work on it. Then we scheduled another Skype and I did it all over again. And they're like, okay, great. We're down to the last couple of actresses. We'll be in touch with our final decision. I'm getting nervous so, just listening to this. I know. <laughs> They finally email me mm. and they're like, we loved having you audition. We have an actress that we're going to hire, but it was shooting up here in Northern California. They said, but she lives and works in LA and she wants to do the project. So we're going to hire her for the role. But she did let us know that there's a chance that if something better, they literally told us if something better comes along that she would back out from this project. So that being said, would you be her understudy? And I was mm. like, no, yeah, <laughs> not not two. doing that because they were like, yeah, you know, you'd have to show up. I wouldn't get paid, you know, not even that it was about that, but it's the principle of the thing. They're like, yeah, you know, and in my head, all I could think of was I threw a bitch fit, not in front of them. I did it afterwards. But I thought to myself, first of all, you have a chick who lives all the way in L.A. who actually told you that your project clearly isn't that important because if another thing comes along, she's dropping you. You're going to give her the role when I'm right here. And you saw all the hoops that I jumped through and that I really wanted this role. And you think that I'm going to be OK with being the backup plan and that I'm supposed to be like an understudy and like go to all the rehearsals and dedicate my time. I was so insulted. Like, mm -hmm. I just could not believe it. I was devastated. You pulled a Jerry and Maguire. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean, and everything happens for a reason because I literally responded back mm -hmm. and I said, I was, of course, very professional about it. And I said, thank you for the opportunity. I said, actually, I just booked a role on a web series. So I'm going to be tied up with that. So, And it was true. So I found, wasn't lying. You found another success after. I found you something just, else. You moved on. And I think that's I the did. big difference. A lot of people experience that and it's, it's over. They quit or you they can't. take a long layoff, but you kind of continue right on. You have to. I don't know how to work with people who are just so quick to give up. Even if you've been at it for a year or two, guess what? That's what it takes. You have to keep grinding. And if you're going to stop and complain every step of the way because you still haven't made it yet, this is not for you. And I hate to say that, but it's like, then I can't even help you at that point. There's some people I coach and mentor where they're just, they're defeated. They give up. And I go, yeah. well, then that's where this relationship should probably end because I'm not going to sit here and give you a pep talk every single yeah, time, like you know, strong tough love. Mind. Strong mind. Gotta be. Yeah. yeah. Let me wrap this up with a final question. For I sure. think in the end, your label is 
everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> Jill of all trades. <laughs> this this podcast be broken up into four pieces: artist, mini, actress, mini pageant, yeah, production. Yeah. So entrepreneur in general, I think that's your status. Yes. And then in badass hustler and all that stuff. And I think it's just been grown since the beginning. You just had that mindset, that confidence. You've experienced rejection, but you've learned how to eat shit and keep going, which is great. Yes. If someone wants to be an entrepreneur too, or work on anything that requires mm-hmm. a lot of work ethic and stuff like mm-hmm. that, what advice would you give them? Do it for the right reasons. Don't go in with stars in your eyes and with the kind of expectations that the world owes you something. The world doesn't owe you anything. And you shouldn't place expectations on other people. Place them on yourself. Be your biggest cheerleader, but also be your biggest critic and balance that and know what you want. Truly know what you want and be okay with failing because you're going to. And I kind of feel like you should if you really want to know what success feels like. Damn fire at the end all right this was fun really appreciate it dania denise the great the one and only jill of all trades really (laughs) appreciate your time and listeners check her out check out her page check out her stuff it's all in my description wherever place you're watching this uh, see the work she's doing. I One of the four, or all four of the things she's doing. <laughs> Check out the, the work Think Post Productions is doing. And not only that, but she's a really dope human being. And I appreciate Aww. you taking a sliver of your busy, busy time. So Thank really you. It's my pleasure. It. Yeah. Thank you for caring enough to create a podcast to spotlight people like us that are the movers and the shakers. We all appreciate it. And anyone who wants to be a guest, you should, because John is awesome. I love it. You, you put the awe in awesome. You like wow. that? <laughs> you like that? That's just for you. I think I could die now. I'm done, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>